Well, hey guys, thanks so much for joining me on another episode of Simply Put. This is Britt, and I'm just so glad that you have decided to hang out with us today. I recognize that this episode is coming out a little bit later than normal. Uh, I do apologize. We um, experienced the shooting of Jacob Blake this week, and I work for a church in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And so when all of that happened and um, the grief and just everything that is taking place within our city, uh, my plans had to get rearranged this week. And so I just want to say thank you for grace as we record this a little bit late and just please be praying for Kenosha, Wisconsin and just the upcoming weeks, months and years as we navigate racial reconciliation um, within our city. Not only did that happen, but also on Tuesday, I celebrated my 28th birthday. And then today, as I'm recording this very podcast for you, marks one year that I moved back to Zion. So just a lot of big things happening um, this week. So today's episode is going to be a little bit unconventional. And I just want to take some time and just give you guys a look under the hood and share with you five things I've learned throughout this year and my walk with Christ. I really believe that God has just done such to work on my heart uh, this year. And so I'm excited and I'm expectant for what we're going to talk about today. So thanks for hanging out. Let's dive in. Welcome to Simply Put, a podcast that has been brought to life with you in mind. Whether you consider yourself an all-in Christian or have never been introduced to the freedom found in God, this podcast is for you. While the Bible might seem complicated, God's message is rather simple. Every week, you can expect Brit to take God's Word and break it down into something we can all better understand. Now here's your host, Brit. All right, guys, I got to say, I think I'm most excited for this episode than I've been in a really long time because it's not often that I just get to pause on scripture and on everything and just share with you guys about what's going on inside my heart and what's happened throughout the last uh, few months. So to give you a little bit of backstory, this time last year on August 28th, actually, um, I moved back to Zion, Illinois, and it was one of the most difficult moves that I have made in my life. I was really comfortable in Connecticut. I had a good community. I was very connected, but I just felt this call on my spirit to go and make disciples. And I recognized that so much of the life I was living was just within Christian circles. And I was doing a lot of cute Christian things, but I wasn't making an actual impact. And And I really have a heart to see people reach, to go and make disciples. And so um, over the course of time, felt God really just revealed to me his plan to send me back here. And so I did. The first 90 days sucked. I cried every single day. Most of you know that. Um, and I was miserable just about all the time. I thought God would never give me friends. I thought I would never see healing. I thought I would never be happy here. And fast forward nine months later, and I'm just so thankful to be here, to live here, to work for the church that I work for, um, and just for so much. So I say all that to say the things we're going to go through today, I want you to know that um, the heart behind this is that it's so easy to look at the glory and not get the full story. And so I just want to give you guys some insight into maybe some things you didn't know, but maybe some things that you'll be able to walk away with. So we're going to roll these in the opposite order. So I'm going to start with number five first. And this is like 
pretty important. And then number one is like, if I've learned anything this year, here is what I've learned. So number five, what I would say is God's provision is worth the pain. And nobody talks about this part. Nobody talks about the sacrifice and the hurt that you have to walk through. And I know I just kind of hit on it, but you guys, I can't tell you how lonely um, those first few months were. I can't tell you how just depressed and sad I was all the time, but God's provision is worth the pain. It's better to be where God called you to be than to stay at a place that he hasn't asked you to go. And I think for many of us, we know this, but living this out is difficult. Living this out means um, walking away from friendships and from comfort. And so one thing I would say um, that I've really learned this year is it's just worth the pain. Being obedient to what God has asked you to do is worth the tears. It's worth the frustration. It's worth, it's worth all of that, you know, and our Bible tells us that God is not the author of confusion. And so I want to be really clear that, um, I'm not saying go quit your job and move to Africa unless that's what God is calling you to do. But sometimes those steps of obedience are small, but they're painful. Sometimes that means leaving a friend group. Um, sometimes that means leaving a job. Sometimes that means leaving a place. Sometimes that means watching cancer spread and still choosing to believe that God is good. But God's provision is worth the pain. Number four, what I would say, our friendships are worth grieving. And I feel like this is one thing that I've really had to learn over the last six or seven months. You know, when a relationship ends, I feel like as humans, we're pretty good at giving grace. We're pretty good at holding space for people to be sad, for people to have their emotions and and for people to just walk through um, whatever they're walking through. But have you noticed when friendships end, we tend to throw ourselves into new friend circles. And I think what makes friendships ending uh, so painful is that normally they know more about you than somebody you were in a relationship with. And I don't think we take time to recognize that. I don't think we take time to evaluate the hurt and the pain and the betrayal or whatever you're feeling inside. We more so mask over it and just embrace a new friend group. But friendships ending is a really gray area and it's worth grieving. To give you guys a closer look at how this has played out um, this year and in the past years, you know, a few years ago, a really tough rumor was spread about me. And it was the type of rumor that I couldn't um, vindicate myself because I knew that that would cause um, more hurt and more pain. And so I was put in this position where God really had to vindicate on my behalf. And I can't tell you how painful that was. I can't tell you how difficult it was to um, sit there and say, God, are you sure you know what you're doing? And in that season, um, I lost my community. In that season, I felt very ostracized from the church. And it was a really uncomfortable and really painful time. And I remember wanting to leave so bad, you guys. Um, I remember wanting to leave the church. I remember wanting to, I just wanted to hide in a corner and cry, honestly, because it was so frustrating and it was so heart-wrenching. And I just, I couldn't figure out how to get over it. And immersing myself in a new friend group was fine, but I didn't want to get close enough because I didn't want to get hurt again. And it wasn't until this year, actually, one of my co-leaders for a group I lead, she called me out and she said, you know, Britt, it just feels like you've been hurt pretty bad and you'll tell us enough, but you won't really let us in. And she was right. And that's what I mean when I say grieving friendships is really gray. Now, please, 
hear me correctly. I'm not making myself out to be the victim. I definitely had a part to play. And, and I, I don't want to make it sound like I was all holy, where art thou? But I do think that, you know, walking through seasons where we can't necessarily vindicate on our behalf can sometimes be more difficult than we give it credit for. Now, what I learned through that is um, I would not be where I am today if all of that wouldn't have happened. And yes, it was painful. And yes, I cried all the time. And yes, I wanted to leave the church and fight and get so angry. But there's this verse in Philippians chapter one, uh, somewhere around verse 23, where Paul says, look, I want to depart and be alone with Christ, but I know it's beneficial if I stay. And so I think just to wrap this idea up, this idea that friendships are worth grieving, just because you're grieving something doesn't mean you need to leave the place that God has planted you. And I think this is something that um, we we tend to want to do. You know, we desire to be apart. We desire to walk away. And all I can think about anytime I choose to walk away, I'm choosing also to walk away from the lessons that God would teach me in that season. And I think we experience this mostly with churches um, where we've been hurt by a church. We disagree with something someone said or anything along those lines. And rather than facing it, rather than walking it through, we up and leave. And we do this in relationships and we do this in friendships. And I can't tell you how valuable the lessons I learned throughout that season have played themselves to be in my life. So friendships are worth grieving. But staying put is also worth the pain. Nobody talks about this gray area. Nobody nobody tells you that it's okay to um, be upset. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to walk through those feelings. They, they tell you to immerse yourself and find a new community. Can I just talk to the person that isn't finding luck, finding that new community? That's okay. God is going to grow something independently in you and you will find friends again. You will find what you need again, but it won't look like what you think it will. So lean into that. Don't be afraid of that and just trust that um, God really does know what he's doing. He will vindicate on your behalf and things might never fully recover. But one thing I know for certain is God has a plan for the pain that you're experiencing. All right, we're going to wrap back around to number three. That was very raw for me. So if you're listening to that, just give me a lot of grace because I'm learning too. Um, All right, so uh, number three, I would say you just have to begin. And this is something I've learned this year that I am so thankful to my church leadership has just really pushed me in is this developing uh, gifts and talents and the things that God has put inside of you. And you just have to start. I think we make this so complicated and we want to wait for all the pieces to line up. But if you wait till you have everything figured out, you're never going to do it. So start with what you've got. Let it be messy. And it's okay if you get it wrong. I think that's one of the greatest things about learning is you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. And a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with one of my friend's dads and he was telling me, he said, you know, Britt, one thing I strive to do is I try to be the dumbest person at the table because that means every single person in the room is smarter than me. And this was such an interesting wine uh, coming from a man that is like a very strong spiritual leader and just I was so caught off guard by it but I've just been thinking about this so much lately that it's okay to be the dumbest person in the room because that means you've got so much room to grow so let yourself be wrong get it wrong let it be messy but start with what you've got 
I think that for so much of me, one of the biggest hesitations I had with starting a podcast or recording anything or writing anything is that I was going to get it wrong. Now, what I've learned is that, of course, I'm going to get it wrong. It's the perfect word of God, and I'm just a human. So there's a huge gap between me and God, which means there's a good chance I'm going to get things wrong. But we don't know what God will use. We don't know how it will land. We don't know what seeds it will sow. So whatever he's put on your heart to create, I just want to encourage you to begin. Start with what you've got, let it be messy, and let yourself get it wrong. Number two, I would say um, God cares about the desires of your heart even when you don't. This is uh, not something I've had the chance to share yet just because it's been pretty new and um, I like to give things time to percolate. But I look at just the relationship God has given me this year and I remember being 18 and 19 and having this strange um checklist of what I wanted in a husband and my checklist wasn't a traditional one it wasn't like I want him to be 5'8 with handsome that wasn't it it was like I really want him to get my car door and I would love for him to drink coffee and if he could be a great dancer that'd be awesome and if he could love Jesus that would be fantastic and if he takes care of himself like if he works out man game changer and so I've been putting these requests at God's feet since I was 17 or 18 years old And there were a lot of years that people told me I was crazy. In my early 20s, I actually wouldn't go on a second date if they didn't get my car door. I was that serious about it. But then you get older and you're like, oh, whatever, we'll take what we can get. And so I dated guys over the last five years that um, they had one, maybe two, maybe three, but not all five. And every time I would break up with someone, I would be like, they were just missing this. They were just missing that. And they they were almost there, but they just weren't. They just weren't what I was asking God for. And, you know, when I started dating Garrett, um, just on the first day, like before I knew he liked me, uh, he had really just taken all five. I mean, just take it, home run, knocked it out of the park. And I remember coming home that night and I was like, that's just so weird. Like, it's as if God cares about the desires of my heart, even when I stop. Because I think that we get to those seasons that we just stop caring. It's not because we don't care. It's because we're exhausted. We're depleted. We don't think God will actually come through with the things we're asking of him. And so we lose hope. But just because we lose hope doesn't mean God loses hope for us. And so I hope you find comfort in that. I hope you know that God cares about the desires of your heart, even when you don't. Even when you don't have the strength to care anymore, God is still in the business of caring. So I hope you pocket that and I hope that if someone's listening to this and you're about to settle, please don't, please don't, like do not settle. I'm not saying he's got to be perfect. I'm just saying that find those things that really matter to you and put them at the feet of God because God cares even when you don't. And the last thing I would say that I've learned um, more than anything this year is that I don't have to make a judgment call. And I've loved this about the leadership of my church and just their willingness to work with me as I learned this because it's so counterculture and it's so backwards to everything that we've experienced. And I think as Christians, as humans, really, um, as a whole, you know, we're always being asked to pick a side. And finally, my, my pastor just told me, he said, Britt, you don't have to pick a side. The truth of the matter is we're all doing the best with what we've got. And so your only calling, the only thing that God has sent you here to do is to love everybody always. So make that your aim. Trust that God really will do what he said he will do.
So all you have to do is be kind, love everybody to the best of your ability, give as much grace as you possibly can, be generous, be gentle, but don't spend so much time trying to fix and save every single person. You don't have to make a judgment call. You really can just choose to love past your indifferences and make that your aim. And so if I've learned anything this year, it's that everybody's journey is different and there's not a one size fits all um, cut out for what our walk with the Lord looks like. And so some people get up really early and love hours of scripture and some people have 15 minutes and some single moms are just trying the best to listen to worship music in the car and some are just trying their best not to put more than $4 a day in the swear jar. I mean, this is the reality and the truth is Jesus loves them all the same. And so we don't have to be the judge of who God can love. We don't have to put our human boundaries on God's love. We really can just love everybody always. That's what we have permission to do. We're not the judge. We don't get the final say, nor do we know the whole story. So if I've learned anything this year, it's that I have permission to take my defenses down and just love people. I don't have to be the judge. I can just be somebody that loves them well. So those, my friend, are the five things that I would say have been some of the biggest takeaways. I could probably go on to 15 and 20, but I hope that one of those five sunk in, maybe all five sunk in. But here's what I want you to know is whatever your walk with the Lord looks like, you're doing a good job. And there's always room for growth and there's always room to learn more. But more than anything, I want you to know that he just loves you because he loves you. So there's no contingency on it. You don't have to get it all right. He really is just for you. That's why he sent his son. So. I love you guys. I hope you have an awesome weekend. Thank you again for giving me grace as this hits a little bit later than normal. But I will see you guys back next week. Thanks for tuning in. See you later, guys.